0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and first things first, how about them Cowboys? What a win, ladies and gentlemen. What a win. And I can honestly tell you that I'm a happy camper. And quite frankly, I am eating my words because if you remember correctly, last week when I recapped the horrible loss to the Denver Broncos and when I previewed this game against Atlanta, I had difficulty having faith in the Dallas Cowboys coming to this game. And quite frankly, last week recapping the game against Denver, I said that I could not see Dallas actually pick up this win against Atlanta. And God damn it, I was wrong. Although our rivals on Saturday, I was a little bit more calm and I kept my faith alive to an extent, I actually did pick the Cowboys to win. I guess the bottom line is I just had to calm down and kind of blow, blow it all over, I guess as far as the loss goes. But I, I tell you, I t- when I was recapping the game last week, I kid you not, I said that I don't even think I have any faith in the Cowboys winning the game against Atlanta because that game against Denver just got to me so bad. Perhaps, it's still early to tell, but perhaps Dallas needed that loss against Denver to get them back into being focused. I tell you what, folks, I still stick to my words when I say against the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys were flat-out unprepared and flat-out arrogant. And that's a game I want to remember, and I'm going to keep saying that. But this game gets Atlanta. Dallas obviously came prepared. They obviously came focused. They came ready to play. They had—they must have had a hard practice. And I said they should. But you want from now on every week, every day of practice should be a hard practice. Okay? It's about to keep winning games. That's what it's all about. It's about keeping winning streaks alive. And the Cowboys are gonna have to start a new winning streak because next week the Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And that is we're not going to be easy at all. And speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, they are putting a beating on the Las Vegas Raiders as we speak because right now they lead the Raiders 41-14. to Okay, And even though I don't really do this when it comes to recapping a Cowboys game, I'm going to go and do this because it's all right in front of me. Patrick Mahomes has five touchdown passes oh boy <laughs> that has me worried already and then again we have the Raiders on Thanksgiving the Raiders getting destroyed like this so maybe there's a little bit of relief you know for the next two games I mean right now I'm looking at the Cowboys next two opponents the Chiefs and then the, the Raiders on Thanksgiving man oh man oh man but anyway you know Patrick Moses 406 yards and f- 5 touchdowns it's going to be hard to deal with Patrick Moses coming Sunday but you know what As Mr. Ricky Litwikowicz, the founder and CEO of Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions and our tribals, like he always says, you need to have more faith in your Cowboys, Bear Man. All right, Ricky. All right. So anyway, man, 43-3, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Even though I said in the recap last week I had no faith in the Cowboys. I-, I didn't know if I had any faith in the Cowboys moving forward. Obviously, when I previewed this game against Atlanta, I did actually pick the Cowboys to win. I actually had the Dallas Cowboys winning, but I said that this would be anything but an easy game. That it, it would not be a blowout. I actually said, I guaranteed that there would be no blowout, and God damn it, I was wrong. The Dallas Cowboys decided, ah, well, you know what? If nobody, wa- if nobody thinks there's going to be a blowout, well, we're gonna prove all the critics wrong, we're going to, we're gonna win by a blowout, and God damn it they did. <laughs> 43 to three. Never in a million years would I have ever ever anticipate such a result. Check this out. Dallas, who scored 29 points in the second quarter, is the most ever scored by a Cowboys team in any quarter in franchise history. When well, the Cowboys led 36-3 at halftime, the 33-point 30, halftime lead is the biggest halftime lead in a Cowboys game since 1971. 1971! You know, Dallas Cowboys public relations on Twitter, man, I gotta thank them so much for providing all these unique facts because I'm learning so much. I mean, th- these are facts like we do, in, like I do in articles and in podcasts. It's about having people say to themselves... Wow, I did not know that. I am astonished. So, one more time. Dallas, again, had a 36-3 lead at halftime. That's 33 points. Even I can do that kind of math, even though I'm not so good at math. It was the biggest halftime lead in a Cowboys game since 1971. To be precise, December 4th, 1971, when the Dallas Cowboys were playing against the New York Jets, and they had a 38-3 lead at halftime. That, ladies and gentlemen... Is amazing, but check this out the 36 points scored in the first half is the most points scored in a half by the Dallas Cowboys since 1980. When in a game against San Francisco, the Cowboys had scored 38 points, <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I ain't finished in this particular set in this particular part yet. Last thing on this, the Cowboys that one again 43 to 3. The 40-point victory is the ninth-largest margin of victory in franchise history. The last time the Dallas Cowboys had a 40-point-plus game was in 2000, when they beat the Arizona Cardinals 48-7. And I'll be honest, if somebody were to say, do you remember that game? Well, I was seven years old, but no, I do not remember that game, but I'm pretty sure I watched it. And I'm pretty sure my mom and dad, who were annoyed because they wanted to, they wanted to watch TV, and I was probably hogging it. I'm pretty sure at one point they said, "Alex, they're already up by so much; they're, they won't lose." So, part of me believes that, but I pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, I pretty much imagine it this way. My mom and dad were sitting right by me; they were enjoying the game too. Oh my goodness! And I'm looking at the stats, you, you know. And this Cowboys defense, you know, after the whole after everything the, they went through last week, you know, allowing almost 200 yards on the running game, having Teddy Bridgewater destroy them, God, this Cowboys defense really turned things around. As a matter of fact, I don't even remember if the Cowboys defense even had a penalty in this game. I remember there were several penalties on the Cowboys, but that was on that, was, that were holding penalties on Mr. Connor Williams, which I swear to God are driving me crazy. I've absolutely had enough of these holding penalties. But people should t- people tell me that. I ought to calm down because these holding penalties came when the Cowboys were already up by so much. But those holding penalties kind of stopped stalled these Cowboys scoring drives because I want to see this Cowboys score more points. Yeah, I get it. They came when the Cowboys were already up by so much, but holding penalties like that, especially when we're driving the ball down the field, it drives me crazy. You know, I respect Connor Williams, but this whole thing with with his with his habit of uh, of being caught holding something needs something needs to be done about it. But Anyway, Cowboys f- 431 total yards, 317 on the passing game, 114 on the rushing game. Although I have to admit ladies and gentlemen, the running game for the Cowboys has dropped significantly. I would say by now the Cowboys rushing offense, you know, at one point was no- was like either number 1 or 2 in the league, but the last 3 weeks or so, especially from last week and this week, it's it's had to have dropped because Zeke Elliott didn't even did not have a hundred yard game. I believe that's the, that's his third consecutive game without having a hundred yards on the running game. As a matter of fact, Tony Pollard actually had more yards in this game, although it's only one yard difference. Tony Pollard had forty two yards while Zeke had forty one. But you know Zeke had forty one yards on fourteen carries while Tony Pollard had eleven carries on eleven carries. Pollard averaged about four yards per carry while Ze- Zeke Elliott averaged three. So. You know, th- despite the fact that Atlanta actually had had one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, our rushing game did not work out very well. Uh, I can't, uh, Obviously, it's because Tyron Smith was absent. But in this game, Terrence Steele being at left tackle and like that. you know, let, let me point out one important thing. Dak Prescott was actually not sacked at all in this game. So that's one positive thing. But at the same time, the running game... Then it was not effective. Although Zeke Elliott pounded two touchdowns, but they were the red zone touchdowns. But still, they were touchdowns. And Dak Prescott ran in for one on his own on a believe it, it was on a fourth down play. You know, oh boy, it was huge. You know, and I'm trying to find out exactly. You know, I'm so curious to know that ex that Dak Prescott's. Um, Scoring touchdown play. I want to see just how long it was. I mean, I remember watching it, but I just don't remember exactly the result from the top of my head. So I'm gonna look it up right now. Just hope this ESPN app doesn't I won't get disturbed by a stupid video. Oh God. Okay. Well, we're good. All right. <clears throat> Pull up a scoring plays right here. Okay, it was a four yard run. All right. Well, that that answered my question. So, anyway. So the rushing game, even though we scored three rushing touchdowns, overall the running game was just—it was just not so good. You know, like like I say, if my math is correct, you know, I'm looking at a 25 carries for 84 yards. No, that's terrible. I mean that that's between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. 25 carries for, actually no, my math wasn't correct. It was 83 yards, so, but still. Was one yard difference. It doesn't make much difference now that you think about it. But you know, because you know, the fact is, you know, for the preview of this game, and I said this on our tribals. I said the running game is going to be a major factor in this game, and I was wrong. I even said to myself on the preview on on the here on Cowboys Talk, okay. And the same thing I said about the same thing I said uh, um, on our tribals. I also said that the, the running game has to be effective. You know, I, I even said, if the running game is so effective that Dak Prescott doesn't have to throw the ball, then so be it. But it was the total opposite. The running game was ineffective. It was actually the passing game that made a bit of a difference, and it was also the defense that made a huge difference too. It was good to see Dak Prescott be, you know, be himself. 24 for 31 for 296 yards and two touchdowns, both of which were, I believe, what is CeeDee Lamb. And C D Lamb... Who's on my starting uh, lineup in fantasy football? It was certainly good to see him, you know, make up for last week. You know, as a matter of fact, I should let everybody know that I actually put Michael Gallup in this game. Michael Gallup finally made his return for the first time since week one. Michael Gallup had a crucial drop, which definitely would have ma- ma- definitely would have been a touchdown, a long touchdown, you know. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Michael Gallup, you know, dropping, you know. I'm not sure. I mean, I would say it's probably. Some would say that Dak Prescott threw it backwards or something like that, but no, I mean, the way I see it is Michael Gallup should have had the ball. No matter how Dak Prescott got rid of it, it was wide open. Dak, uh, as Michael Gallup should have had it. But, oh well. I mean, Michael Gallup, three catches for 42 yards, that's not too bad on his return. And I, pu- I actually started him in the flex position for fantasy football, and that actually uh, worked out to an extent. You know, and I should also mention Tony Pollard. You know, in fantasy football, it's been, it's been horrible for me lately. Last week, I lost Chase Edmonds. This week, I lost Robert Woods. You know, when does it end? When does it end? So, I put Tony Pollard as a starter. And then I, I put... I actually put Jacoby Myers in the New England Patriots. You know, Robert Woods is a spot. Although, Jacoby Myers got me some points. He scored that touchdown, so... Maybe it's not so bad after all, but maybe this week is just luck. But anyway, looking at the uh, wide-receiving uh, results, CeeDee Lamb had the best game, six catches for 94 yards, scored twice. Marty Cooper had a respectable game, as did Michael Gallup. So overall, I mean, the, the offense, uh, like I said, over 400 yards of total offense. The rushing game did its best, but unfortunately the rushing, the rushing game was not so effective, although there were three rushing touchdowns, which I won't take away. But the Cowboys' offense averaged six yards per play; it was good. And, and now the defense, man, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna lie, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why I had Dallas winning 38 to 28 was because I did not trust the Cowboys' defense. The Cowboys' defense had had some major problems, okay, especially from last week. Number one is the p- were penalties. Number two is blown pass coverage, getting in other words, getting burned on the passing play, not being able to force a turnover. You know, not me. Not being able to make enough stops. But this Cowboys defense did exactly what they need to do this week. <laughs> Let's not forget when Atlanta drove down the field and and put three points on the board, they were driving down the field, and J and and, and and then Curse the, the the player uh, Javon Curse I believe his, his name is. Uh, let me double check. Looking at the defense. <laughs> Yeah, J. uh, Ron Curse, actually. J. Ron Curse. J. Ron Curse actually made a stop, you know, hitting uh, the Falcons receiver Russell Gage after he made that catch on third down. But then it was – but he actually managed to uh, force uh, Gage to kind of, like, not be able to control the ball. So, So you know, for Atlanta to drive down the field and only settle for three, I was like, okay, well, Atlanta settled for three. It could have easily been 7-7. But then I said to myself, now the Cowboys need to score and make it 14-3. But the Cowboys on that next drive, I remember it was only negative, th- negative three yards in several plays. I was like, oh, God, this is not good. Because then Atlanta drove down the field again. But this time, you know, they went far on a fourth down, and it, it did not work. And then the Cowboys just strolled down the field, scored. And then from then, Dallas just kept scoring and kept scoring while Atlanta's offense couldn't do anything. And the game took off like wildfire. <laughs> Like I said, this Cowboys defense did its job. This Cowboys defense sacked Matt Ryan twice, I believe. Yeah, sacked him twice. I know Micah Parsons actually ha- had a sack. I um, I forgot who uh, who else it was. that had a sack. I believe it was. Uh, uh, now I remember. It was actually Dorrance Armstrong. Doran Armstrong, who I believe you know, finally came back from uh, from being on injured reserve all season. I believe it was. Uh, I know Doran Armstrong had finally come back. I know that he had missed some time with an injury. At least I'm pretty sure it was him. You know, but looking at it you know Atlanta's third down efficiency one for 11 one for 11 Cowboys defense man look at that and D- Dallas's offense I should mention three for three on fourth down you know when they when I see when I saw them going for it on fourth down you know I would cover my ears you know Look down and get frustrated because I just I, I was just afraid that this would not that it would not work. But Dallas was a perfect three for three on fourth down, while Atlanta was zero for two on fourth down. Man, oh man, oh man. man not surprisingly, Dallas eight penalties for eighty yards. Oh, those those damn holding penalties, and then there was like there was like a chop block. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it, if these all happened. We were already up by so much, but still the Cowboys still the chances to put more points on the board and that's what I wanted to see because you know it's all about no holds barred ruthless aggression no mercy until until the fourth quarter until we, we can actually pull out our starters which the Cowboys did the Cowboys Mike McCarthy did pull out Dak Prescott and put in Cooper Rush which was good pulled out Zeke Elliott pulled out Tony Pollard so it was good it was good v- very well coached today and you know I gotta give Mike McCarthy props but I also got to give major props to defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. I mean, just phenomenal job how he had the defense prepared, how the defense was today. Dan Quinn, congratulations, and keep up the good work, baby. And speaking of Dan Quinn, he actually got the game ball. I mean, he deserves it. But, you know, not surprisingly, Atlanta eventually pulled out their starters. Josh Rosen actually came in, so... And, you know, Matt Ryan actually threw two interceptions, and Josh Rosen had an interception on his own. And speaking of Mr. Matt Ryan, you know, speaking of Matt Ryan, huh, just, man, dude had a bad day today. You know, Matty Ice, as they call him. Well, Ice certainly melted, didn't it? So Matt Ryan nine for twenty one, one hundred and seventeen yards, two interceptions. Josh Rosen one for six, only fourteen yards and one interception on his own. You no know, Cordero Patterson had four carries for twenty five yards, but as a uh, Mister Ricky Linkwig, which likes to say he's not a running back. I forgot the, the proper term that Ricky uses, but we all know Cordero Patterson is a wide receiver. He was a long time return specialist with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, and Cordero Patterson last week had that tremendous game against the New Orleans Saints. You know, I I, 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 got, I, got, I got to go back and look because uh, because based on, on the numbers today, I, I got to go back and look at Cordero Patterson's numbers from last week, and I'm doing that right now. Cordero Patterson had six catches for 126 yards last week. Six catches for 126 yards. Y'all you want, you want to know how how what how he did against the Cowboys? Against the Cowboys, he only had one catch for 14 yards. One catch for 14 yards. I mean, this Cowboys defense really came to play big time. You know, Kyle Pitts, who I, who I actually thought that was actually going to be the, the leading receiver for the Falcons in this game, which he actually was, four catches for 60 yards, which, which is respectable. And when the Falcons were actually driving down the field and they got the three points and then that next drive where they uh, got stopped on fourth down big time, Kyle Pitts was actually a main factor in those drives. And then after that, he was completely shut down. He, he 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 was a ghost. Like where where did he go? But but at least I got one prediction right. I did say that Kyle Pitts would be Atlanta's leading uh, receiver for this game and four catches for sixty yards. So he was. But in this game, obviously uh, the absence of Mister Calvin Ridley because of personal issues and y'all have heard already what I have to say about it. So I'm not going to say it again. All I can hope, uh, all I can say is you know once again my prayers are with Mister. Calvin Ridley, and I hope everything gets worked out soon, my friend. So, Oh, man. And The defense, uh, Fabio, Fabio Moreau actually had a, you know, and I should mention about Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott actually had a fumble, but it's unfortunate, but, you know, of course, you know, he had gone so long without having a fumble after he had several last year, but it was just a play where Atlanta finally, the Atlanta defense finally decided to make a play, and they did, and Fabian Moreau, I believe, was the, was the dude who recovered the fumble for um, for Atlanta. I'm not sure who was who. Uh, excuse me, who, who uh, forced it? But I'm pretty sure it was, but I know that Moho was the guy who uh, recovered. So, oh boy, I, I tell you what, you know, and and I actually, actually want to. Oh, you know what? I don't even know. how I didn't mention this earlier. One of the scoring plays was Dallas... You know, last week that with that punt mishap, how we blocked the punt, and our guy touched it, and then the Denver player got it, and then ran, and then then the Denver got a-, a whole new set of downs. How ironic is it? Now, what are the odds that last week the punt mishap does not go our way, but this week we respond with a block punt, and we recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. And the punt block was by Mr. Dorrance Armstrong. And speaking of Mr. Dorn Armstrong, who also had the sack. Doran Armstrong, a sack and a block punt in today's win. The last player who had an, who had a sack and a block punt in the same game was actually a current Cowboy, who's also who's who a former New York Jet and a Baltimore Raven. That would be Terrell Basham, who actually had a sack and a block punt in a game in 2019 with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I guess I should say it, it's so good to have Mr. Dorn Armstrong Jr. back. You know, the defensive end. You know, we lost Randy Gregory. So, it would be nice to see Mr. Dorrance Armstrong, you know, you know, step it up big time. And, you know, so far, so good. Let me look at that, you know. Yeah. So, I actually want to confirm, uh, as far as Mr. Dorrance Armstrong goes, well, let's see. Yeah, we really did miss the guy. This year, we, we, we totally did. Yep, this was actually his first game of the season. Right now. At least I believe it was. No, actually, no, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Dorn Sarmstrong had actually played this season, so... it was. I guess this was actually his first game where he was like kind of super productive, so... Anyway, yeah, so if I said earlier that Dorn Sarmstrong had missed some time with an injury, I suppose that I was wrong. It's probably somebody else I'm thinking of. But... Anyway. Nope. Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I was right. He did have... Actually, Doris Armstrong had that high ankle sprain back in uh, September. It was reported that he had a high ankle sprain in September 22nd. So he was out. Okay, so he did miss out some, some time. But anyway, it doesn't matter anymore because Doris Armstrong's back and he seems to be doing quite well. So, anyway. So a couple more facts of this game. The Cowboys had three interceptions in this game. The last time the Cowboys team had... Three inter- at least three interceptions in a game, was the game against the Colts in 2010. I remember that game very, very well. The Cowboys had four interceptions in that game. Sean Lee, who was a rookie at the time, had two interceptions in that game, one of which he returned to the house, one of which set up the game-winning field goal. I remember Orlando Skandrick also had an interception. I'm not sure who had the third one. Hmm. Oh, it was Alan Ball. Now I remember, yeah. But once again, the Cowboys, three interceptions in, in today's win. That's the most in a single game in team history since December 5th, 2010, when the Cowboys beat the Colts in Indianapolis. And I re- once again, I remember that game very well. And Trayvon Diggs, who actually had an interception today. And, don't, and before I get to the fa- this fact, according to Dallas Cowboys public relations, when Trayvon Diggs, the way he intercepted that pass, I mean, that was just a bad throw by Mr. Matt Ryan. And, and Trayvon Diggs took full advantage of it. So, Trayvon Diggs, who now has eight interceptions through nine games, that ties Everson Walls for the most picks through the first nine games of a season in team history. And Mr. Anthony Brown, who actually had his third interception of the season, which was also the ninth of his career, that interception was pretty freaking cool. You know, it was a play, the ball was kind of being tipped, you know, because Mr. Uh, Anthony Brown, the player, kind of got tangled, although it was a... I actually, I actually fear that a, that a pass interference or illegal contact would be called, but apparently it was a clean play. But Anthony, the way Anthony Brown had that pick, it was just incredible. But you know, his three interceptions this year are actually the most he's ever had in a single season. And Anthony Brown's been, I think, Anthony Brown's been with us for a very long time. I'm actually curious to know. I believe he was, he's been with, he's been with the Cowboys since 2016, I believe. Take a look. At, I'm gonna take a look. Just in case, I know that we si- we did sign him to a new deal a few years ago. If I'm if I'm correct, yep, he was a sixth round pick in 2016. He was out of Purdue. Yeah, yeah. So before 2020, he did sign a new deal, and he's uh, he's with he's, he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So we still got him for this year and for next year. So I think we'll be all right for now. But it, Anthony Brown has really committed himself to stepping up. You know, after in week one when he got torched by Antonio Brown on that big touchdown, Anthony Brown really has committed and dedicated himself to making the most of it and making things right. So, it was so good. And I got more facts right here. You know, the pump block that was actually, the pump block, you know, was actually recovered by Nation Wright, a player that a lot of people had no faith in, that they really thought he he would not make the team you know, Nashawn Wright, you know, recovering that ball was... Scoring the touchdown was huge, and that was actually the first uh, block punt return for a touchdown for the Cowboys since 2015, which was that game against Philadelphia. It was in Philadelphia, but that's where Tony Romo broke his collarbone for the second time in his career. Oh, boy. So, that was actually the good memory of that game. And I should mention a couple more facts. Elliott, who scored twice... That's actually his 12th career multi-rushing game. That's actually third in team history, and that's the third since entering the NFL in 2016. And CeeDee Lamb, who actually had two touchdowns today, is actually his third multi-career touchdown game, and it's actually his second this season. He had two—he had two touchdowns against uh, the New England Patriots. So, and last thing about CeeDee Lamb, his touchdown catch on the opening drive. CeeDee Lamb is the fourth player in team history to score 10 touchdowns. In the, within his first 25 games of his career. And he joins the likes of Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, and Mr. Bullet Bob Hayes. Oh, absolutely incredible. I mean, I love these facts. And once again, Dallas Cowboys Public Relations, I salute y'all. Let's see if there's anything I'm missing. Nope, I got everything I needed from that one. So, anyway. So today, so as I close it out, you know... It was an, a, a perfect win, uh, an amazing win. Uh, I, uh, hats off to the entire team. Hats off to the defense for actually playing you're know, very good. The Cowboys need to build on this win, so they're going to have to practice hard this week and get, get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I talked about the Kansas City Chiefs earlier, okay, and the Chiefs, the record might not be <laughs> that good. The Chiefs have a lot of problems on defense and offense as far as I know, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not going to be easy playing the Chiefs, you know, in Kansas City. So, anyway, so before I can go, let's uh, take a look at it. another score. Yep, so the final score was 41-14. The Raiders getting destroyed at home, and, oh boy. I mean, well, the rushing game, the Kansas City rushing games, obviously, uh, was not the big picture, but it was the passing game. Travis Kelsey... Eight catches for 119 yards. You know, we, so we got to worry about Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, several players. But we'll get to, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But it is going to be difficult for my Cowboys to take on the Chiefs. But you know, as as my friend Ricky would say, you got to have more faith in your Cowboys, Bear Man. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank y'all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see y'all next time. How out them cowboys!